0: Welcome to MuggleCast episode 421. I'm Andrew. And I'm Eric. And I'm Laura. We are joined this week by Kirsten Akuna from Insider and BusinessInsider.com. Hi, Kirsten.
1: Hey, guys. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. We have you on this week because you also visited Orlando last week to experience <gasps> Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure, which is now open. <laughs> and we rode it together and... We became friends, and then I was like, hey, come on, MuggleCast. And I said, sure. (laughs) You said, what's MuggleCast? And then, sure. (laughs) Uh, But it's great to have you on. We're going to talk about the ride. I wanted to have somebody else on who wrote it, so it's not me just babbling about it.
1: And we've Um, written it multiple times.
0: Yes, we have. You actually wrote it one more time than
1: I did. No. What happened was... False. Oh, more. I've written it five times now. Wow. Ah. Rub it in. (laughs) Sorry, <laughs> there's people out there
2: starving in China. There's people out there waiting in line eleven hours. <laughs> wow, and you guys wrote a, a I,
1: I actually did wait eight and a half hours oh, one okay. day.
2: Okay, okay, so. was that all five times?
1: No, no, <laughs> just one time. One time, eight and a half hours.
0: Yeah, so we'll we'll talk about that. So um, we are just going to start the show today with this discussion. So I just want to say, first of all, the ride is fantastic. Kirsten, I think you would agree.
1: Uh, I wouldn't have waited eight and a half hours to ride it a fifth time if I did not enjoy (laughs) it so much.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Great way to put it. So this ride replaced Dragon Challenge in Hogsmeade. And that ride was actually called something else and existed before the Wizarding World of Harry Potter even existed. And Universal decided to... Uh, re-themed that ride for the Wizarding World. And then a couple of years ago, they said, you know what, let's put in a coaster that is, I guess, more family-friendly and actually was built to be a Harry Potter ride. So they knocked it down a couple of years ago. They built this new ride pretty quickly. It sits exactly where this old coaster was. Um, it is... Well, I'll get into some cool facts about it a little later. Um, but it is an all-outdoor coaster. Some people expected this to be a coaster with um screens something that more that creates more uh you know like virtual effects um this is not that and i was really pleased by that because forbidden journey and diagonally both rely on screens and that's fine but we didn't need another screen ride universal has some other screen rides as well right this is a real coaster um but before you get onto the ride there is this queue. And this queue is actually kind of left over from Dragon Challenge. They rethemed it. Now, here's what you, what's interesting about this. The, the, the story with this queue is that it is ruins. They're, they're ruins of Hogwarts that are kind of behind Hogwarts Castle.
3: And, That's cool.
0: Yeah. You walk through the queue and you see these inscriptions and this artwork. And the story from Universal is that this is... These inscriptions, this artwork, and these workrooms of Hagrid's, um, well, not the workrooms from Hagrid's, but the other parts were left by Hogwarts students who have been there over the decades that Hogwarts has existed. It's been like a secret hideout behind Hogwarts. So the thing is, a lot of this stuff is very weathered, so it's very hard to make out. Um, But there's one inscription that said, I heart Hufflepuff. There's another inscription, J plus L, so James and Lily. Then there's one that says, Wit beyond measure is man's greatest treasure. Uh, There's artwork of a phoenix, of a hippogriff. I know you had caught a couple other ones, Kirsten.
1: Yeah, actually, you know, you mentioned the hippogriff, which is right when you first walk into the ruins. I didn't mention this one to you, but there are the words, watch out, Malfoy. There's a hippogriff behind you right underneath the picture of that hippogriff. <laughs> wow.
0: I <Yeah>. love that. <laughs> Very contextual. Good reference to Prisoner of Azkaban,
1: I think. <laughs> yep, yeah, that's correct. There's uh, when you walk deeper inside the ruins, uh, some easy ones that you can miss if you're not turning your head around, um, and that are very easy to miss if you're not shining a light on the walls. Because as as Andrew said, it's very it's kind of dark, and yeah. it's kind of tough to read some of these scrawlings. Um, but Celestina is brilliant. is written in uh, what I call the egg room. It's just filled with a bunch of eggs. Um, but it's written as soon as you enter the room, you have to turn around, and it's on the wall right behind you. And that's a reference to uh, the singer celestina warbeck um i think that those are the two main ones that are that are scrawled oh no there's another good one that i i didn't mention to you which when you walk out of the pre-show which i'm sure you'll get to in a little bit turn around and to the left of the door is h heart Oh, and that's for Olympe from uh, Goblet of Fire, and uh, Hagrid and Olympe, oh, yeah, and how they had wow. a, a brief little flirtation.
0: Oh, that's funny. Yeah, so you, you get the impression that these ruins have been here for a long time. And, you know, I was like, oh, that is a really good story for this queue, because, of course, a castle has ruins. Anyone who plays Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild knows there are a lot of ruins around castles. Um, so I was I was just really into that. It it is very dark, like Kirsten said. You you need to have your iPhone flashlight out if you want to catch all these things. Plus, I feel like with the line, it's probably going to be even harder because people are blocking all of the inscriptions right. and whatnot.
1: Well, mm-hmm. I will say we spent a lot of time in each because I did go through the line queue again with a bunch of with a bunch of people on the second day the ride was open. I'm sure we'll get to that a little bit more in a bit. But um we spent so much time in every single room that it was very easy to point out
2: <laughs> every mm.
1: single thing. And we were just looking at everything in, you know, every single room as we spent uh, you know, twenty to thirty minutes at least in, in those rooms.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say I, I have a friend who waited in line 10 hours for it and got on, uh, Carla. And she said that they when they got to the egg room, they actually like you, you make friends in line, I guess, is one of the best ways to survive a line of this this weight, <laughs> this length. And uh, she said that when they got to the egg room, they all kind of took turns and, and molded their bodies around and slept in the egg room. They took a nap.
1: Like Yeah, people were sitting. Uh, that was the place where everyone was kind of just sitting down and they looked like they were ready for a nap, honestly.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was very it was-
1: hot in that room as well, at least the day I was in there, the AC – wasn't uh wasn't working just in that room oof Mm. so it was like 80 degrees there was a a little temperature uh gauge in the room yeah so i
3: have a question about the queue because i feel like in the queues for the other rides at the wizarding world there were spots throughout where you could kind of step out of the queue so you could take more time to observe the room or the surroundings is this the case with this ride as well
0: I would say no. Okay. Yeah, I'm also I don't. Going it's to more of no. a straight line. Okay. Yeah, there there are less areas where you could do that. One of the cooler parts was one of Hagrid's work rooms, not with the eggs, but where it looks like he birthed the blast-ended scroots. There are a bunch of creature posters in this room. Um, there are a, there's a poster for the niffler. There's a poster for the unicorn for a salamander. The Niffler and the Salamander posters are right next to each other, which I thought was a very clear reference to Fantastic Beasts, especially <laughs> with that line in Fantastic Beasts 2. Your eyes are salamander eyes.
2: Yeah, totally.
0: But um, above Hegrid's big desk in this workroom, you see two big posters for the Manticores and the Firecrabs, and these are the two creatures that combined create the blast-ended Scrooge. There are also on this table two big monster book of monsters that are open and also Hagrid's work gloves and I just thought that was like such a cool story to to see where Hagrid came up with this creature which is illegal and which appears in the ride
2: yeah do they touch on the illegality of it all is is Hagrid gonna is, are you're gonna have ministry wizards coming and cracking down or <laughs> no I don't
0: think so
1: <laughs> not at all but I did think a cute thing in that room and I don't know if you would notice this at all Andrew was that um th- again this is something that you had to shine a light on or maybe if you are a small child you would have been able to see it better but there are some crates in the room where Hagrid was keeping the blast-ended scroots because this is sort of like a nursery or so. And what I was told by Universal is that he ha- there's a teddy bear inside one of the crates mm. and some blankets. <laughs> so he's, you know, keeping them uh, <laughs> occupied is... with... Yeah, he has, he has little teddy bears and blankets set up for them and stuff. So he's taking good care of them. That's so haggard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so then, yeah, speaking of the queue, there is that pre-show scene. And each of the Harry Potter rides in the Wizarding World has one of these Um, this one actually stars Hagrid and Arthur Weasley and Robbie Coltrane and Mark Williams reprised their roles for this. So it was super cool to see them playing these characters again. And I don't really think we need to get into the details of the scene, but it actually is pretty long. Um, it is a projection. I know Eric was wondering if it's like a hologram. I don't think this is one is a hologram. I think it was, uh, more of a screen, but they kind of. They kind of have real things around
2: it to kind of make it look like it's well, real. Because in both Forbidden Journey with Dumbledore's office where Dumbledore shows up, also uh, the trio are under the invisibility cloak in the Forbidden Journey line and they reveal themselves. And the, I think it's the Defense Against the Dark Arts classroom. And in Gringotts, uh, Bill Weasley and the Goblin are in his office mm-hmm. and do that thing. But it's not a screen. It's a like a projection kind of a thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think it's something like that. But the the story in this pre-show and this connects to the ride of course is that um Arthur is helping Hagrid get a bunch of motorbikes together so you all can take a class with Hagrid for the day into the forbidden forest. And there are a couple other cameos in this pre-show non-human characters. I won't spoil them in case people want to be surprised, right. but um it's really cute. I
2: It's it's hmm? I have one question. Does anybody at any point mention that the original flying motorbike Belonged to Sirius Black. Yes. <gasps> yes. Ah, cool. Okay. I just died. You do get that. I yeah. just died a little. <laughs> I'm gonna take time to recover. Thank you, everybody. Good night. Yeah, and that is in the pre-show. That is in the pre-show. <sighs> when
1: you're when you're also in that little pre-show room, I was told to look out for. Um, there's a menagerie of objects right in front of you, and I was told to look out for Arthur's teacup, which is oh, a mummy.
0: Oh, that's great. They really put a lot of thought into all this. I love it.
3: Yeah.
1: I feel like overall, that's
3: just something Universal has always done really well. Yeah. Is setting up the experience in their queues.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, uh, prior to going to the Wizarding World on this trip, I spent a couple days in Disney. And uh, honestly, I find Disney World so run down compared to the Wizarding World parks. The Wizarding World parks are so damn detailed and beautiful and large and clean i was i was i think universal is just killing it right now with their not just these lands but every other part of their parks as well
1: as i'll actually go off of that and say something when i was in the queue on friday there was actually a man going through the line picking up garbage that he saw in the queue like to keep the experience real i suppose Oh, like like saving cool. the
2: garbage. Like I got this garbage. Like from... he was
1: like he was taking the garbage out of the queue that he saw on the on the ground.
2: Um, um, they're just keeping it clean. You know? got a good yeah. cleaning crew there. I thought you meant yeah. he's taking it home as a souvenir.
1: No, no, no. was like, no, okay. no.
2: <laughs> was like okay. this piece of trash <laughs> sat in the wizarding world. <laughs> All the crazies come out for these Harry Potter ride openings.
1: (laughs) No, but I also rode. um, I managed to. The reason I waited so long to ride um, Hagrid's again on Friday was because I was trying to see if I could do every single Potter ride in one day. You can, uh, you just need to have a lot of patience. But the other cues are very, uh, very, very detailed, you know, as you guys Mm -hmm. were saying, the experience of seeing uh, the moving portraits, you know, and Forbidden Journey. I love that. The. The moving pictures on the newspapers uh, in Gringotts. The fact that they built an enchi- an entire bank, you know. Yeah. It's just it's gorgeous. It feels like you're in the movie.
0: It is, yeah. So let's get to the actual ride. Like I said, it's it is really phenomenal. So like I said, you're taking a class with Hagrid to learn about a few beasts, and. First of all, very impressed by the loading of this coaster. It's it's kind of like a continuous track like um, Forbidden Journey is where the vehicle is slowly moving down this line and you get onto it while it is in motion, um, as is the walkway right next to you. So um, it's easy to get on. So the ride is about three minutes long. It is a mile, about a mile of track. It is Florida's longest coaster. It also has a free fall. It is the first free fall in any American coaster. Whoa. Yeah. And uh you reach speeds of about 50 miles per hour. It is so much fun. There are multiple launch points. Uh it is twisty, it's turny, there's big inclines, there's steep descents, you go backwards at one point and twist. Um it is a it is a thrilling coaster. Universal uh, reps there, we're we're calling it maybe the best ride that they've ever done. And I think that is pretty fair to say. Would you agree, Kirsten?
1: Yeah, I would agree. Um, Yeah, that's pretty accurate. After riding all four Potter coasters in one day, this is definitely the best. um, Just because of the thrills. I don't think it's the best cue. uh, Just because the other uh, two rides Forbidden Journey and Gringotts that I said are... Uh, so, so very well detailed in, in some of the magic that they really put into the ride, but the, there's nothing, it is just unparalleled being on on that, on that motorbike. Uh, you feel like you're on a motorcycle just flying through, through the skies.
2: Yeah. As two people who've ridden it multiple times at this point, is the sidecar like worth a damn? Is the sidecar, (laughs) I, I know Andrew, you stated your preference, uh, for the motorbike, um, in your article on Hypeable, at least I think you did. Yeah. But have you have you tried both the sidecar and the motorbike? Yes. So I actually did the sidecar the first time.
0: It, so people were saying, like, there was this whole debate before I rode both sides. And I was like, oh, come on. There can't be any difference. But the motorbike actually sits up higher. And you're not as enclosed. And you're also straddling the bike. Whereas the sidecar, you're, as you can imagine, in a sidecar. So you kind of keep your legs together and you have the car uh, covering the front of you. Um, Whereas the bike, you also have handlebars so you can hold on to those if you want. It's just a whole different experience. I think it has to do with sitting up higher. Kirsten, did you prefer the motorbike?
1: Oh side? I I'm team motorbike all the way. I rode the motorbike four times and I rode the sidecar once. The only time I rode the sidecar was with Andrew because I, I told him he needed to ride the motorbike if he was only gonna you know, he had to have both experiences in one day. And right. um it, so the only difference that I really took away is because every single time that I rode the motorbike, as Andrew said, you can either lean into it as if you're on an actual motorbike or you can stay sitting up and there are little um, grips for your hands to hold on to right in front of you. Uh, I leaned in the entire time. And the reason I bring that up is because anytime I usually go on a coaster, I like to keep my hands up the entire time. But (laughs) I was so compelled to have my hands on the handlebars of the motorbike the entire time because it's just such a different feeling you don't get that on other coasters uh, where you feel like you're on a motorbike twisting and turning as you're veering at like these crazy angles um so when i rode with andrew in the sidecar uh, since i didn't have my hands up uh, th- any of the other times i decided to just have my hands up most of the times uh in the sidecar and that was most of the different experience uh that i uh, that i had while while being in that in that seat other than you do get to be closer to um to hagrid uh and his animatronic and the animatronic of the of the blast-ended scroot um in the sidecar
2: oh mm-hmm. i so, i'm worried that people will wait a couple like several hours to ride and then kind of be upset about getting the sidecar or they'll have to spend well, the time in the queue to play like 100 games of rock paper scissors or something out yeah. there with their partner <laughs> You you do get to
0: pick which side as long as you and your partner can decide, you know, you, you might have to fight oh, to decide who's so riding.
3: Is there a point where the queue splits?
0: No, um, the boarding of, of the vehicle is actually kind of interesting. One, you both enter on the same side. And if you're on the motorbike, you actually have to step through the sidecar to get onto the ah, motorbike.
1: Oh, Okay. Yeah, Yeah. whoever's sitting on the motorbike has to board first. Um, I will say they were doing um, the single rider queue on Friday as well, which I did not get to walk through that and experience that to see if there are other Easter eggs. (laughs) Uh, They did take you a different route, I noticed, though, um, which I did not get to experience or go through at all on any of the media days while we were there. But um, uh, the people who who choose to be in the single rider queue do not get to – Uh, have a say in where they sit. And I say that because I I did not go in the single rider queue. I stayed, as you guys mentioned earlier, if you're waiting in one of these lines for eight plus hours, you do make friends in line. And at one point I said to them, I was like, should I go the other way? And, and they're like, oh, yeah, you should see if the, if the line's shorter. You've been waiting so long. And I did, but they weren't letting anyone else in. So I stayed with my little family that I had, you know, made <laughs> over the course of, you know, five or so hours. Yeah. Um, and that- then I got to choose, you know, where I wanted to sit. And the guy who sat with me, he had no say. <laughs> I have a question about the restraints,
3: particularly on the motorbike side of things. So it sounds like you're like half standing a little bit. No, no, no. Okay. I would
0: it definitely feels like you're sitting on a bike. Yeah. The okay. lap bar there is a lap bar and it comes down from the handlebars. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So,
2: yeah. So like when you're going uh, backwards at an alarming rate, you're still pretty secure? Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I yeah. Mean, on that no bike? one has died yet yeah. on Hagrid's magical creatures. <laughs> <butterfly
0: adventure>. yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well it's only day
0: three or four. <laughs> <laughs> um and another point I want to make about sidecar versus, versus motorbike is if you are going with your friend my advice is to just lie to them and be like oh I heard the sidecar is better do you want to oh, do that you, first?
2: you 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 That's terrible.
3: You would. I'm not going <laughs> to ride this ride with you Andrew.
0: <laughs> no, I'll let you ride the motorbike Okay, side, Laura, fine, if we ride it together.
3: Fine. No, I'm just how are you going to settle a debate with your
0: friends unless you tell them that you've heard the sidecar is better. If, I want all Cast listeners to ride the motorbike side.
1: <laughs> That's the reward.
3: I yes. just feel like the sidecar is kind of getting a bad rap here, you know? It's like th- the sidecar is like the Hufflepuff of, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> of these Harry Potter wow. rides.
0: Yeah, It's the Hufflepuff Vans shoe. <laughs> was- Forgotten stepchild.
1: Look, everyone who I rode the ride with on Friday, no one was upset. Like, anyone who was sitting in the sidecar wasn't upset that they ended up in the sidecar. Like, everyone seemed right. really happy after the ride. Yeah, they didn't oh, know yeah. any better.
0: <laughs> Don't get me wrong, you're still going to have a blast. I just feel like you are going to have an even more thrilling experience. On the motorbike side. Yeah.
3: There is a difference. I can see that. I do agree. So I have to say, I watched this uh, POV video.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And
3: it looks so thrilling. Like, I actually got FOMO watching this video because I was just like, Mm -hmm. man, I want to come ride the ride. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I was really glad they didn't show the queue in this video. And I'm not going to search the Potter Collectors other videos for like queue stuff because I don't want to know. Like watching the ride, though, it really struck me how themed everything is. The for being in the middle of the forest, I think the trees are only going to grow bigger, right? Because like they're big, but they're it's not quite giving me the forest vibe just yet. Maybe that's, oh, that's a, a good point perspective. I wonder, thing. I wonder if their idea
0: is that they are going to grow because obviously trees grow. Yeah,
3: yeah, that hmm. would make sense. Mhm. Yeah. I, I loved that they <laughs> were like all these
2: stations, you know, that the that the coast like the usually coasters are one and done. This coaster like relentlessly there Hagrid was talking to you the entire time. Yeah. And I really like that about it. It's a great way of marrying what's normally a very high thrill element, you know, in a roller coaster back to the storyline and, you know, other user experience that that Universal prides itself on. So
3: um, I want to talk about the Blast Ended scroot for a second. Okay. Sure. Um, so, obviously, it's in the name, right? And so, we always knew <laughs> that the blasting happens from the end, but, <laughs> but that visual, it, I was like, oh, that thing ate Taco Bell. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not sure. So, we didn't mention this yet. Throughout the course of the coaster, Universal is calling it a story coaster, you're... You're passing these beasts, and I think there's five of them. Each of them moves, which is really cool. I wasn't sure if all of them were going to move, but they all do. Um, and the first one that you do run into is the blast-ended screw, and that is also where Hagrid is, the Hagrid robot, and he moves as well, and it's pretty cool. And you kind of circle around them, and I guess it's supposed to be Hagrid's hut. I don't know if it is. It's like a super sized Hagrid's hut because the room is pretty big. And by the way, the coaster moves so fast that like you really don't have an opportunity to look at all the details in Hagrid's room like i i still don't know what the hell is in there because i was staring at the blast ended screw and <laughs> Hagrid. Uh, so it demands to be written a few times but the blast ended screw yeah it does spray something at you i from did
1: but i don't is it coming out of its no butt? i thought it was coming out of the mouth
2: yeah i think so too but blast always, ended screws, man <laughs>
3: my thing was like it's a blast end like i always ah. thought it came mm. from from the back end,
1: you know. You're going to have to take that up with Universal. I don't.
2: Maybe <laughs> they were. It's question worth pl- for Joe. Dear Universal, did this thing shh on me?
3: <laughs> do do blast-ended scroots blast out of their mouths or mm. the other side? I need to know. <laughs> this blast is a family front ride.
2: Front. Scroots just <laughs> so, not Maybe its mouth is its butt. Hey, speaking of J.K. Rowling. <laughs> speaking of J.K. Rowling. Was she there? Did she say anything? No. Did they have comments from her? Should we, like, send out a search party? Like, what is going This huge ride, like, I think, you know, I was saying this, I said this to Andrew earlier in the week, when he posted his raving review about this ride, I said, I've really felt lately, like, Harry Potter, the brand in general, could use a win, and this really sounds like a win. It is. So, I would have I liked for JK Rowling to have been present to really celebrate um, this whole thing. Somebody from the Blair Partnership,
0: that's J.K. Rowling's business entity, mm-hmm. it was there. They got a shout out during the grand opening, but uh, J.K. Rowling was not there, as far as we know. A lot of stars were there though: Ivana Lynch, Tom Felton, Rupert Grant, the Phelps twins. Get, did you get Warwick to like, talk to
1: them?
2: Did either of you guys like hang out with them? No. Or?
1: I whoa whoa! I well I was not was one, one on one. Them. I mean, no, not one on one. I did ask Tom Felton a question um, during like the presser. Uh, where they st- stuck like, I don't know how many of us in a room on Tuesday to, to ask them some questions. And uh, we were really only allowed to ask about the ride. So um, I had seen uh, Tom Felton in March when he was promoting the ride and revealing some info on the ride in New York City in March. And uh, he had mentioned that he wanted to be the first person on the ride. So I asked him, I was like, well, Tom, did you get to be the first person on the ride? And, you know, where did – he told us that he rode the ride three times. So I asked him where he sat each time and uh, which side he uh, preferred, if any. And he said that he was team motorbike. Uh, <laughs> Yet another beca- one. And because because of the handles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, he, said, he said he imagines that he wasn't the first person to ride, but he was one of the first. And uh, I know that he rode it at least one more time because he rode it opening day with, uh, like, 10 people that they pulled from the crowd
2: that was really cool to see that photo of of the cast on the the train i guess you'd call it
0: yeah and everybody's just having a ball because this coaster is just such a thrill did you ask tom by the way if the blast from the blast and it's screwed is coming out of the front or back
1: i feel like (laughs) that's a hotter debate
0: than motorbike versus sidecar
1: i really blew it and i did not ask so (laughs) no
0: (laughs) actually kind of funny moment during the open opening night event, uh, I was with the girls from MuggleNet, Felicia and Lori, and we get in line, and we waited about an hour overall, but we get in line, and who comes up behind us on his Segway with his family? Warwick Davis.
2: Oh.
3: Oh, that's so and, cool.
0: Yeah. However, I think his handler was doing a poor job because he ends up getting in the normal line with the rest of us, and <laughs> I was like, I whispered to the girls, I was like, is he seriously going to wait in this line with us the whole time (laughs) directly behind us? And then I'm like, oh, crap. What am I going to talk to Warwick Davis about in line for an hour?
3: (laughs) I mean, you know, maybe he's just a man of the people.
0: I know. Well,
3: maybe he just doesn't think he's, you know, any more special than anyone else. And he can wait in line just like everyone else.
0: That's what I thought, too. And I was seriously going to say to him. Hey, Warwick, you can get ahead of us if you want. <laughs> oh, my
1: God. That would God. be
2: amazing. You're the guy who offered one Warwick minute. Davis to skip the line. That's great. Exactly.
1: He, he did stop and take some photos with people, but I, I had he, noticed he as was. he was going along.
2: Yeah.
0: But actually, what ended up happening was once we stopped walking in the line, him and his family and his handler saw that, you know, we were stopped and then they turned around and went in the cool
2: kids' way. Ah. But I thought that was kind of a funny moment. Yeah. They, um, they get um just at Star Wars Celebration in April here in Chicago they had him sort of announce uh like really just run like he's such a good MC is what I'm trying to say yeah
0: he I was actually there when he was MCing at Star Wars Celebration and he was rocking and rolling on his uh, Segway as well <laughs> that seems to be <laughs> his preferred mode of transportation yeah why not yeah so um anyway I do want to touch on day versus night so the first time that we had ridden it was during the daytime the sun was out. Then we rode it again at night. It was a whole different experience. I found it 50 times more thrilling at night. Because I feel like it actually does feel like a forbidden forest at nighttime. Plus, the motorbikes are all lit up. The headlamps are are on. So it is just such a cool experience. And you can see Hogsmeade during several parts. So you see the village. All lit up in the distance, and fireworks were going off uh, at various Universal shows. Like it was just so cool. I would highly recommend doing it at night.
1: Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say I, I thought it was much better at nighttime, also. And I think it was Eric was asking, you know, about the trees and whether or not they'll grow and stuff. I don't think I was sold on the fact that I was in a forbidden forest until nighttime uh because you do you do hear sounds as you're going through the queue and it just it just felt like you like you could see the castle there's a really great view of the castle as well from the queue uh that's worthy of a photo but it feels like you're you know on the grounds of Hogwarts and like you're not supposed to be there and the ruins are lit up really nicely um it just all looks fantastic and the fact that it's a whole different experience going on the ride because uh even though we knew what was coming on the ride, this was this was our second time on the ride, because it's so dark, I wasn't sure. Like, I really couldn't see much around me or in front of me. I didn't know where we were going next, mm-hmm. and I yes. thought that was thrilling.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I uh, Something else that I noticed on the second ride through is that the coaster moves very fast throughout, but there are these straightaways, and I would say there's at least three. Where you clear a corner and you are already going fast, but then it picks up again and you freaking soar and you are surprised by how fast you are moving. Just when you thought you were going as fast as the coaster could go, yeah. it, it picks up speed again and it is just so delightful. That second time that we rode at Kirsten, I, I couldn't go to sleep that night. Like I was so <laughs> high on that second ride. <laughs> like that so just awesome. rocks.
1: You should have My stayed biggest... and rode it a, a third time.
0: I know. So Kirsten and I were about to part ways, and she's like, I'm going to go ride it again. And then old me is like, oh, it's 10 p.m. I'm ready to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I was like, bye. I, I wish I rode it again with you.
1: Yeah. I mean, well, I wanted to do the motorbike at night. And uh, mm-hmm. so when we rode together, I did the sidecar. Mm-hmm. And I knew mm-hmm. that that was so great at nighttime that I was like, well, the motorbike has to be <laughs> even, even better. better.
2: <laughs> yeah well, my biggest concern now it's sort of like a challenge is to figure out how to ride the ride at night because the problem is the sun yeah. sets so late in the day, so uh, unless you're at an after hours presser event for the park, it's going to be tough to even be in the park when it's dark and, well, then, that,
1: yeah, and then, yeah and that, that that's that's not even the half of it. I would say, Eric, what I noticed on Friday oh, they didn't they still don't have the virtual queue up, but what I noticed is that they're actually cutting off the line at a certain point so that no one else can enter the queue, Um, I entered at 9.05 on Friday. So I have no idea at what time they put up a sign, but they put up a sign that said Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure. Thank goodness I got the entire title of that ride correct. (laughs) Um, Nice work. But Thank you. But they put up a sign saying it was at capacity at some point before I got off the ride. And I got off the ride at like 5.30.
0: Right. Not to mention that these parks don't always stay open very late, so you're going to have a small window, especially during the summer, to try and ride it. I don't know if it works like some other parks do, where if you, as long as you're in line before the park closes, you're fine.
2: So if the park closes at nine mm-hmm. and you get in line at eight fifty nine, you're okay. Um, it's going to be tough managing like an eight hour queue, but specifically so that you can arrive at the ride when it's dark. You know what I'm saying, like yeah. maybe, or if they if they do cap it at like 6 p.m. or whatever, like Kirsten was saying, like to get in at like 5:50, mm-hmm. to be able to ride. I,
1: I heard that they were at least on opening day that they had the ride running until midnight uh, to accommodate oh, okay. for everyone in line, yeah. and I heard that that was why. So on Friday morning, I don't know if you guys know, but the ride was not operating right when the park started, and I was told originally they weren't even sure two things they weren't sure when it would be up and running and two they weren't sure if it was even going to be operating today and i was like great
2: well, mm. I, was, I was told it, all theme park rides have to have a mandatory certain amount of hours of downtime which, yes which was weird but i never heard that before they must rest the <laughs> motorbikes <laughs> must rest It's a living breathing thing you
0: get it i've heard the sidecar is a diva she needs a few extra hours <laughs> of rest each night
3: So I have another question, and this is kind of related to the other rides in the park. Um, There was a lot of buzz, especially when the Forbidden Journey opened up, about the ride not being accessible for guests of certain body dimensions. And I know that they made improvements to the ride to sort of like – allow more people to to be on it. And then I know the Gringotts ride, it was also made to be more like encompassing of more body types. What's your take on that for this ride? So
0: I, when I was during the preview afternoon, a larger theme park blogger was trying to get in the test vehicle. Mm-hmm. And on one side, he was able to, if he really pushed in on that lap bar, he could get it to show a green light, meaning he could ride it. Okay. On the other side, he needed somebody else to push the lap bar down to get it to green light. Gotcha. It is not lost on me the fact that Hagrid-sized people <laughs> cannot ride. Hag- you know what I mean? Like, it's Hagrid's motorbike, so you think it would accommodate larger people? Yeah.
1: Well, that's so
3: I- what I was wondering. I was thinking perhaps yeah. the motorbike side of the ride would be more forgiving. Mm hmm.
1: I but, think it actually is. Okay. I, I, and I'm only going to say that because I the people I waited with in line on Friday, this was a concern of mine as well, because on media day, uh, there were people who were worried that maybe it would be tougher for people to swing their leg over onto the other side of the motorbike. I thought that maybe it would be tougher to uh, accommodate larger people on the motorbike because it just seems like it's a smaller, uh, smaller than the sidecar that that would be. What I would think right off the bat when I'm looking at both of them, uh, it seems like it may almost be the opposite, actually, that there is less room in the sidecar. And I I only say uh, I think that the motorbike uh, is easier to maybe accommodate larger uh, people just because I was with uh, on Friday, uh, you know, a few larger people and they had no problem getting into the onto the motorbike.
3: That's awesome. Mm -hmm. And they
1: looked comfortable. They didn't oh, complain well, about it at all. They would have told me because then uh, then we, we hunt around together. Like I said, you know, you make friends in line when you're with them for many, many hours of a day. And we ended up riding the next two uh, Harry Potter rides together, and they did not complain about that at all.
0: Okay, cool. And the other thing is they do have a test vehicle, I think, outside before the queue even begins. So you don't have to wait in line and then find out at the last second. Right. Oh, crap, no, I Universal
3: has right. always been pretty good about that in terms of having test vehicles Mm-hmm. Um, but I also know this was a big gripe for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, especially when the forbidden journey opened up. So
2: yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. Um, so we asked on patreon.com slash muggle If any of our supporters had any questions about the ride, I'm going to go through a few of these. Where does, where does this ride rank compared to the other wizarding world rides? So I will tell you, I think it's number one because I prefer, these classic types of coasters over these rides that mostly involve screens. Forbidden Journey and Gringotts are incredible rides. Just such a thrill. I I would say Forbidden Journey is number 3. Gringotts is number 2 because Gringotts is less intense in my opinion than Forbidden Journey and then number 1 is Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure. Where do you think it ranks, Kirsten? Uh,
1: Andrew, this is a great question because actually on my on my travels home, I did a ranking of all of the Potter rides since I wrote I uh, rode them all in one day. Uh, and I And
0: where can we find this online?
1: I did I I did not put it up on the site yet. It's actually oh. all handwritten right now in a notebook, but <laughs> oh, it wow. will be on <laughs> crazy, right? Um, I just didn't want to look at screens anymore. Um and I wanted to eat after an eight and a half hour day in a in a queue, but it will all be on insider.com at some point in the next week. Um, I can give you the quick preview. I won't tell you every every reason of why I ranked these things the way that I did, but our our rankings are very similar, except I I just have Flight of the Hippogriff at the very end. Uh, huh. then I have Forbidden Journey. Then I have and Forbidden Journey I only have there because I think um some of the screens on that ride, the technology is a little dated at this point, but still a great ride. Plus, you feel a little dizzy uh, afterwards, uh, yeah, yeah,
0: the definitely. older
1: that you get, especially, uh, then I have escape from, from Gringotts. Uh, and then I have, um, then I have Hagrid's and I, I don't think it's the best, best cue out of all of them because, uh, for reasons I mentioned earlier with, uh, Gringotts and, uh, and Forbidden Journey, uh, I mean, come on, you get to go through a castle in Forbidden yeah, Journey. Yeah, can't beat that. But uh, but yeah, I think that Hagrid's uh, for the sheer thrill of the ride, and I don't think that we're spoiling the, you know, what happens near the end of the ride. But I think that really sells it. Plus, we didn't even mention the best part of riding the motorbike. There's a purple button that you that lights up, and you get to press it, and you just don't get that experience okay, in the sold, sidecar. Sold, sold. <laughs> Like, what? What does it do?
0: What does it do, Kirsten? Because I still don't understand <laughs> it either.
1: It, <laughs> um, it helps you emit dragon fire to escape. I'll just say where you wind up. Oh, and shoot you out.
3: So like Hagrid doesn't talk to you when you push the button.
1: Yeah, no, he does. He tells you to push. He press tells the button. you
0: to push it. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's cool. Okay.
0: I don't believe it actually does anything, though. I'm not convinced.
1: (laughs) It does magic. (laughs) Does it? You have to believe it. If it's
0: actually doing something cool, amazing. But I don't
2: think it's actually doing anything. So I kind of wonder what's the purpose of it. Speaking of ride preference and hierarchy, though, I feel the need to point out that Flight of the Hippogriff is currently my number one. Uh, What? Still. Why? It's
1: the shortest ride.
2: Unironically, the views of Hogwarts are just the best.
1: They are. I did note that. Oh, plus, I recommend actually going on Flight of the Hippogriff now because you get an excellent view of Hagrid's hut. Uh,
2: That you like,
1: I think you get a better view of Hagrid's hut from Flight of the Hippogriff than you do while you're in the queue line for um, for Hagrid's. See
2: that? Well, it's 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 elevated. It's a little higher too, so Mm -hmm. that makes a lot of sense. No, Flight of the Hippogriff has been my favorite, and. I see these blogs and I think, Andrew, in your article you were like, so the three rides at the Harry Potter books. I'm like, There's <laughs> I'm just, four. I'm just There's erasing four. flight of the hippogriff. There's four. It's blatant flight of the hippogriff erasure. I just Yeah, it is. I just <laughs> I know. I know. You're you're, I admit you're it. unapologetic about it. But well, wait, is it
1: four or five? Do we count? Kings I would cross? actually say
2: five. Uh, yeah, I would I would count the
0: train. Okay. Here I don't include flight of the hippogriff when I'm talking about the main three because it
3: is such a short and small coaster just made for little people andrew are you do you count the hogwarts express before you count Flight of the (laughs) Hippogriff. Yes,
0: and I'll tell you why because I'm a sucker for trains. I love trains. I love that the train connects the two lands. I think it's amazing. It's
2: just, I feel like if enough bloggers out there and enough people in the world are talking about all these other rides and not including Flight of the Hippogriff, Universal's going to be like, okay, time to demolish this old thing that nobody talks about. (laughs) No, you know what's
3: great about it though? The lines are probably really short for it right now.
2: (sighs) And Kirsten,
0: didn't you say when you rode all four rides in one day that the other three rides were just 20 minute waits?
1: Okay, well, I had Express, so also I try to consider myself a a bit of like a theme park novice, so I don't think you would get a 20-minute wait normally on on Gringotts, but I really tried to think out strategically how I was going to do my day, and um, there were many pitfalls along the way, which I can tell you about now, or I can tell you about in a little bit if you want to talk about the eight-and-a-half-hour experience.
0: (laughs) Uh, We do have a sponsor this week who you've heard of before, HelloFresh. They make conquering the kitchen a reality with deliciously simple recipes, so simple that even a first year could handle them. Even somebody who rides Flight of the Hippogriff could handle them. (laughs) (laughs) We're all leading busy lives, and one of those daily hassles is, what am I going to have for dinner tonight? HelloFresh does all the meal planning, shopping, and prepping so you can focus on a healthier you and happier family. After you pick out your meals, HelloFresh delivers fresh, pre-measured ingredients and easy-to-follow six-step pictured recipe cards that are delivered to your door each week in a special insulated box. And then whether you're a cooking novice or an expert like Molly Weasley, you can create these meals and impress your friends and family. All meals can come together in 30 minutes max. And they call for less than two pots and pans and require minimal cleanup. No spells required. This is the most efficient way to sort out dinner. You got three plans to choose from, classic, veggie, and family, with the option to switch between for when your tastes change. And you can also pick what you're receiving within these plans. So you just spend a couple minutes a week going, ooh, I want that. Ooh, that looks good. And if you're going to be out of town for a week, no problem. You can also skip weeks when you need to. I love HelloFresh because if I don't use them, I'm falling into a cooking rut where I'm making the same meals week after week. It's fun to work with your hands in the evening, focusing on making a delicious new meal that you've never had before. Give it a try. For $80 off your first month of HelloFresh, go to hellofresh.com slash mugglecast80 and enter mugglecast80 at checkout. Again, for $80 off your first month of HelloFresh, go to hellofresh.com slash mugglecast80 and enter mugglecast80 at checkout. It's like receiving eight meals free. Free food, people. Support Mugglecast by supporting our sponsors. Okay, so let's get to a couple other questions here from patrons. Um Christine said, and I think this is a big question. I'm a little bit wimpy when it comes to rides. Would you say it's more or less intense than Forbidden Journey? Kirsten, I think based on what you said earlier, you think it's less intense than Forbidden Journey?
1: No, no, no. I think it's I think it's more intense only because um the people i was waiting in line with on friday after the entire ride they were like why didn't you tell us about that thing that happens at the end and i was like well because i i thought that you needed to experience it for yourself um in ter- i guess in terms of intense I- this ride doesn't make you dizzy i think uh, i think forbidden journey if you have if you're prone to any sorts of dizziness you may have that on on the Forbidden Journey ride, I I didn't have that at all on on Hagrid's. I just wanted to ride it again right
0: away. I'm actually going to disagree with you. I think this is less intense than Forbidden Journey because I get Mm. dizzy on Forbidden Journey. And at some points, it almost kind of throws you upside down, Forbidden Journey, that giant robotic arm. And so between all that motion and the screens, it's just too much for me. I come out of that feeling nauseous.
1: Okay. Yeah, all right.
0: Yeah, and uh, Hagrid... It is intense. It's fast. Mm -hmm. As I said before, it's twisty and turny. But I find it tolerable. I would kind of put it on the same intensity level as Space Mountain. I guess we have
1: different definitions of intense. When you say intense, I was like, well, well, do you mean like the most thrilling ride? Or do you mean the one where, you know, how much your body is uh, being impacted by the ride? To
0: me the question is like should I be afraid to ride this cuz I hate big coasters. Mm-hmm. I did not like Dragon Challenge that was there previously. I do not like the Hulk. Right. Just because that is really intense. You're so you go upside boring. down. are so boring. I know. I know.
3: <laughs> I'm but I'm a roller coaster junkie like I will literally ride any roller coaster. I have no fear.
1: Yeah, I'm the same way. The only thing that gets to me is that I found as I get older that I can't re-ride coasters as much as I used to I used to so I'm from Jersey uh which is near Six Flags Great Adventure and I used to ride El Toro like back to back to back to back and I can't do that anymore with like things like Forbidden Journey and I haven't had the problem with Hagrid's but if I find in the Hulk ride I find that my head just starts hitting you know oh that's the, the worst sides, and then I'll get a headache yeah um so in terms of intensity then I guess I'm gonna have to agree what you sold me now Andrew um a forbidden Journey was the only one where I felt like I really need, needed to um, just kind of figure out, you know, just uh, – I, I was a little a little dizzy. I wasn't nauseous after that ride, but, yeah, uh, it's not one that I can do over and over again. Mm-hmm. I will say I was
3: once on the Forbidden Journey when it broke down. oh see – and that sucked because we were literally at the part with the whomping willow where you're on your back. Oh my
0: <laughs> God, this is exactly Ugh. what I feared. This is why I don't like riding it because I'm afraid <laughs> of getting stuck upside down. I would have a panic attack.
3: It was it does suck because like the harness is like over your chest and I was just laying there like, it's okay, it's all right. I'm not gonna die. This thing isn't going to crush me. It's okay. And, like, my grandmother was in the seat next to me, and I'm, like, worried about my 75-year-old grandmother who's, like, stuck on her back in this ride. Oh,
0: did you just scream,
3: damn you, J.K. Rowling! I <laughs> mean, I definitely, I definitely did not enjoy the rest of the ride that much <laughs> once it started up again. I was like, just get me out of here. I don't want to yeah. be on this anymore.
2: The, yeah. the last time I rode the Hulk, uh, I had the same problem, Kirsten, that, that my head was banging back and forth between the supports, between like mm-hmm. the, the harness that comes down. And, uh, I myself too, like cannot do roller coasters anymore, mostly because of that. I just get a lot more nauseous a lot quicker when my head is being impacted. The, compared to when I was a kid, apparently I could just mm. take it more. But have you been on the ride since they remade the Hulk? Because didn't they like completely replace all the track? Yeah, I, Did they fix it? I
1: have been on there. I didn't go on it this time while I was there, but I was on it last year and I found it to be sm- – I don't know if it was because I was sitting in the front row. Because I think sometimes your head bangs a little bit less depending on where you're sitting. Yeah. But um, I didn't have as much – I didn't have a problem really last okay. year when I rode it.
2: That's good to know. I think it is smoother after the remodel. Uh, yeah. But because uh, I'm, I'm, I too am not a roller coaster person anymore very much. Uh, Lourdes over on Patreon says if someone is not a big fan of roller coasters, but enjoyed Forbidden Journey and Escape from Gringotts, will they still enjoy Hagrid's Magical Creatures motorbike adventure?
0: Yes. So I'm kind of in your boat, Lourdes. I feel like, so I'm not a big roller coaster fan, but I do enjoy. At least a couple times, forbidden journey and escape from Gringotts, You will you should have no fear going on this ride. You're just in for a treat. Scott asks, and this relates to a question Jemima also asks, I think. Um Jemima asked if this is like a new type of ride compared to what you find at other theme parks. Scott asks, how is the drop? Which is exclusive to this coaster um in America. There's no other coaster that has a free fall drop. Scott says, is it quick or pretty slow? That part looks awesome. So um, it is quick. And that's why you shouldn't be afraid of it. Because before you realize it's even happening, it's already over. Because it's a fall. I mm-hmm. mean, you really do fall. It's not a slow drop.
3: <laughs> so I have a question about this claim that it's the only coaster in America that does this. I'm glad you bring that up. I want to call fake news on that because the Mr. Freeze coaster in Six Flags Over Texas does this. Does what? Does the free fall. Like, because I, I mean, this is at least for me watching the video, it shoots you up like a straight track and then drops you back down, right? No, a, that's, that that's does... not that.
0: Oh, no. This okay. is something else. Yeah, oh. this is you're you are horizontal that the vehicle is horizontal and the whole vehicle drops vertically
1: where uh, i didn't notice this in the video it's it is it is not the only coaster in in the world to do that actually or in america i'm trying to find i'm so there's one at bush gardens actually that does this and i only know this because one of my friends also works on um coasters and he was like oh that's fake news oh it's called VerBulten at bush gardens in williamsburg nice. it also has a drop track um Hmm. But I think it's the wording of how universal, however universal, worded it in in their um, release is is whatever the first it is the first of. Because huh. okay. when so you do go one. up,
2: like you go up an incline and then go back down backwards down the incline, like I grew up on rides like that either at Ocean City, Maryland, or Wildwood, uh, New Jersey. Like there's there's coasters that do that all the time.
1: Yeah, I mean, even Expedition Everest over. Um, in ma- um, not Magic Kingdom, Animal Kingdom does that as well. It will, you know, if you've ever been on that, you go up the track ends, and then you go backwards, go backwards. onto another yeah. track.
0: Yeah, right. Universal's wording is unexpectedly dropping nearly seventeen feet on the first coaster in the U.S. to feature a free fall vertical drop. Free? I
1: bet you that that f- the way that they word free fall vertical probably mm. makes it an outlier.
0: Other coasters free fall at a 85 degree angle. <laughs> this <knows>? is vertical.
1: <laughs> I need to
3: watch this video again because I don't feel like I caught that.
0: It's at the centaur when you are amongst the, what are those things called? Devil, when you're amongst the devil's snare, you, you kind of fall through the devil's snare. Okay. The video is pitch black at that time.
1: It is dark yeah, during yeah, that yeah. part.
0: Yeah. But it is cool. I mean, it is it is quite a treat. Cool. I loved it.
1: For what it's worth, I found that the Verbolten ride at um, Bush Gardens drops 18 feet vertically.
0: Uh, well, know. this is the first coaster to drop 17
1: feet. Oh, so
2: okay. <laughs> take that, Verbolten. I want to build the first coaster to drop one foot vertically. <laughs> it's going to be great. Um, the only one in North America.
0: But here's something else I want to touch on. And I wrote about this in my Hypeable review. It's all so seamless. All this ride tech. Um, particularly the going backwards and the free fall. Like, you go into this, uh, you go up, and then you fall backwards just seconds later, and it brings you right onto a new track. Like, that uh, track switch must happen so quickly and seamlessly behind you. And then that drop, you don't hear any noises from the coaster, like getting ready to drop you. That thing is quiet. (laughs) It just surprises you. It drops, and then it launches again. It's just really impressive how this all works in tandem with each other, while other coasters are also on the track. I'm really impressed by this technology. I
2: was going to ask, how many train Do they have train So they do have more than one train going at once. Yes. Yeah, I heard there's about five. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. Uh, They're not all out on the track at the same time. A, yeah. a couple of them are... Are loading in the loading zone Well, because did you ever Um, do that thing where right when you're about to board you recognize the same people getting off that got on a couple of stops before like so you can kind of count how many trains are going at once you ever try that uh sort of i have
1: i don't think this is the ride where you're able to do that as andrew said yeah it must be like five total and i'm going it could be more i'm not sure but i know that it loads about two cars at once and mm-hmm. then i've seen i know that they run at least two together because while i was in the queue for a long time you see uh you'll see one go by and then i would see another one go by like 30 seconds later uh, um since the two uh, you know the two are timed together uh, there may be one other one that's a little bit ahead of them but i at least know that they send them out two at the same time almost the same time
0: mm-hmm. yeah and you actually do unload in a different room than the loading room, so you actually don't pe- you don't see people getting off oh,
2: okay. when you're waiting. To yeah, get on. that makes sense yeah. then, I guess, because yeah. by the time it gets to you to get on, we can't have somebody else like still pulling their the bag out or whatever. But actually, speaking of bags, so Sam uh, P over on Patreon asked this question, and I actually I already know the answer, so I want to kind of advocate, make a plea to Universal. <laughs> uh Sam asked, does this ride require locker use like Forbidden Journey and Gringotts? And if so, any updates on the locker room issues? I hear still that the locker situation at Universal is just the most god-awful thing, like worse than hell to get
0: through. Yeah, so this ride does not have on-ride, on-vehicle storage for your bags, so you do have to keep your bags in lockers. And the problem with the locker rooms is that they're just very small for when tons of people are going through them and unlocking them. You have to go to a screen to unlock them and then move over to your locker it's just it's it's a very chaotic process. So try to come to the park with as few items as possible so you can just avoid the lockers altogether. Um unfortunately they did not fix that. I, I wish they just added on vehicle storage so you can put your bags on the vehicle with you. Then you don't have to worry about a locker at all. Yeah. Well, or maybe on like the loading track or something. Yeah, yeah.
1: sure, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or maybe if you do bring a lot of stuff into the park and you do need to put some stuff in a locker, maybe I would suggest if you have really big items that you don't need for the day while you're waiting on line for so long, maybe try to put them in another locker outside. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I mean, cause people buy stuff, you accumulate stuff throughout the day. You got new souvenir ice cream cups that, uh, <laughs> that you have to pay for, for over at Florian Fort Screws. Like there's just stuff that people accumulate. I'd hate for them to see – I hate to see them uh, demolish Flight of the Hippogriff and put up bigger lockers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know. That is next. where they would have to put the lockers, I suppose, if they were to make more. I, I think, though, if you're going on Hagrid's right now, that you're not uh, going around the rest of the park buying up stuff and then getting in this line queue um, since it does That's get true. to up capacity at some point. I think that if you're on a mission to ride Hagrid's, you're going right at the start of the day. Yeah,
0: And let's talk about those wait times, by the way. What does this say about the staying power of Harry Potter that people are waiting all day to ride this ride? Like, this isn't just because it's a new coaster. It's also because it's Harry Potter. The fact that Universal can still pull in these massive crowds just speaks speaks to how popular Harry Potter still is.
1: Yeah, I hope it tells them that they should just continue building Harry Potter rides. They yeah. should just, you know, push out into the park more. Mm-hmm. Uh, because let me tell you, on f- on Friday, so when I got to the park, we didn't even know if the ride was going to be running, and people stood in line for three hours when the ride wasn't even running, not even sure, like, if we were going to ride it that day. <laughs> That's how intense Harry Potter fans are.
0: Yeah. It reminds me of opening day for Hogsmeade way back in 2010. The line was going outside of the park, through City Walk. It
2: was huge. Yeah, this line was through the back lot. <laughs> The ten to ten hour line. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Through the whole park. I mean, opening day, it was really interesting to see those wait times. I know a couple of people who listen to the show, uh, Colin and Madison. They they were there opening day. They got, they got there I think around five a.m. and they rode by about ten a.m. Good, so great. that's okay. pretty good.
1: Yeah, my my wait would have been like five five and a half hours if the ride started operating at nine, but because we had heard that it was you know. Running until 12 a.m. on opening day, it needed to, you know, have its coaster nap time. You know, it's allotted, it's whatever. Union it. break. Yeah. <laughs> and it didn't start running until 12 p.m. Uh, Friday. hmm
0: Yeah, so I think it, it will definitely encourage Universal to build more rides. There's rumors they're building a whole they're, – they're planning a third theme park, uh, fourth if you count their water park that they recently opened and i imagine that might have a uh, fantastic beast or harry potter in it as well so um so yeah i mean all the- these other questions on patreon i think we
2: answered mostly yeah just this um, last one from gabriella there have been reports about a long waiting line is it worth it <laughs> <sighs> look if you're there
0: yeah I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's a hard question. Do you mind waiting in
2: line for eight hours? I mean, everything I've heard makes me want to wait in line for eight hours. I mean, about the ride. Like, Andrew, I think you and me and Micah did Gringotts. It was like four and a half hours when that opened. What? In that ride. I was in line with Micah for four and a half hours on Gringotts. I don't think I waited with you. Okay. Guys. Maybe. Or maybe I did. We're like in a small know. group. But uh, yeah, it was, I mean, so four and a half hours in in line, I know... Because I've experienced it was doable um, mm-hmm. and fun. So, yeah, I guess
0: it comes down to your personal preference. Are you willing to wait that long for a ride? I think some people are diehard Orlando locals that just live and breathe theme parks. So they want to be there opening day to just be a part of it and, you know, get the Instagram and all that. Yeah. And then some people might be like, no, I don't want to, because if you spend eight hours, that's basically your entire day in the park. So, and a park ticket costs, you know, I don't it, probably around a hundred dollars or so. So the question is, one hundred and forty six like, dollars. Yeah. Do yeah. you want to wait that in? You do, do you want to spend an entire day paying a hundred and so dollars to ride that ride? I don't know. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think you need to weigh your pros and cons. Like, look, if you have a small child, no, you're absolutely not going to <laughs> want to be waiting on this line cube unless you have like i don't know five external battery chargers with you so that your child can watch episodes of like something on netflix to keep them occupied um i would not go i was by myself uh so go if you have maybe a good group of friends who are also very patient and who are roller coaster junkies Mm um you know I I actually went on this queue. I didn't have water or anything with me, but Universal was handing out water, um, significant like amounts of water bottles uh, to anyone who needed them. They were letting us go out of the queue uh, for bathroom breaks, and if we needed food, they would let us leave and come back into the line as we pleased. So, like they were very good about all of that stuff. Um, So I wasn't concerned there. The longest I've ever waited for a coaster before this was uh, Kingda Ka when that opened at Six Flags in in Jackson, New Jersey, and uh that was on that was a 7-hour wait and I don't think I would have done that again, but I was right at the front of the ride and it had just broken down. But uh in reality, I don't think anyone's really probably going to be doing a wait that's 8 or 10 hours uh for much longer. They're supposed to have a virtual queue uh for the ride and I would imagine, you know, it's to let you hold your place in line and then go to the queue when it's your your turn or whatever um, to yeah. stand in the actual queue so that you can go and ride other Potter rides and, and get the most out of your money there. So um, I don't know if you need to, to wait like but here's, eight hours. Here's,
0: here's the other thing. If you are going to be d- down there anyway and it is your one time at Orlando, mm-hmm. you know, we got to get out of our bubble and realize that pe- for a lot of people, this is going to be their one time visiting the park or right. their one time in the next 10 years. Then yes, absolutely, you should wait in line for it because you don't want to miss it. If you're a regular, maybe wait a while. I'm looking right now; the the wait time right now is 300 minutes, according to the
2: app. So that's mm. what Oof. ten hours. Yeah, but it's by no, it's five hours. It's five hours. That's not bad. It's already got. It's already gone down. It's already half of what it was just two days ago. <laughs> right. So that's
0: and that's the other thing. We're talking about these eight to ten hour waits right now. It's we'll see what it is in another couple months.
1: Yeah, it's opening week. Like, you know, yeah. this Give is this is for the diehards who wanted to be there, you know, right when when the coaster opened. Um, I went to Toy Story Land the Monday after it opened, and I originally waited three hours to get into that, just into that area on opening day. But that Monday afterwards, I was able to go on whatever I wanted. Yeah. So uh, Monday, let me tell you, a Monday or a Tuesday is probably your best bet then to go mm on something like Hagrid's. That's
0: good advice. And do it first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. Yes. Don't wait. I know we said ride it at night, but your best bet is just to do it first thing. So the line will probably be at its shortest if you're there at
2: opening. Andrew, I just yeah, thought I- of a new segment for MuggleCast. Every time we record, we should check the current wait time for that. Sure. <laughs> that sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Keep people posted.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, and even though I waited, you know, eight and a half hours, I did get to go on every single Harry Potter ride across both Universal Studios and um, Islands of Adventure in one day. And I, and including Flight of the Hippogriff? Including Flight of the Hippogriff. That was the third <laughs> Harry Potter ride I went on that day. So let me tell you, actually, um, Hagrid's was not the first Harry Potter ride I went on on Friday. Um, Gringotts was.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I went over. And stood in the eight and a half hour line because I didn't know if Hagrid's was going to be open um, at all. I was just told that it wasn't going to be open um, at the start of the day. So I was like, "Well, what am I doing waiting over here?" Yeah. So I, you know, booked it over to uh, Universal, went on Gringotts, and that's why it was a twenty minute wait because it was eight a.m. when the when they had early park admission. Got in and out of that ride. And my master plan was to actually take, this is a little trick. I don't know if everyone knows this, but I like to take the Hogwarts Express over to the side of the park that isn't open yet. If they have it running and if it is open, um, you're able to do that. I did it back in 2014 uh, when uh, Gringotts first opened. Uh, But unfortunately, the Hogwarts Express was not running uh friday morning and they didn't have a time for when it would be running so uh, it was
0: out of town it was in northern england or something oh yeah
1: <laughs> so then so, i had to I, go, I went back over to islands of adventure and um to my surprise it was like eight forty-five or eight forty, and they had already let everyone actually into that park uh who was waiting outside for hagrid's by then and that park wasn't supposed to open until nine so that's why the line was as long as it was at that at that mm-hmm. time at nine
0: so um closing thoughts the ride is amazing i like i said after riding it that second time i was just riding pun intended on a high it was just such a thrill please everybody go check it out when you can it is even if you've been to the Wizarding world before it is well worth making another trip to ride that once or twice um i also want to mention that universal they they tend to do this they're they're good at planning they open up other new elements on their resorts uh, when when these new rides open. They are opening a new restaurant in CityWalk called Big Fire. It's American Fair. It was very good stuff. Kirsten and I both got to try it. And they're also opening up new hotels. Endless Summer, they're called. These are their most affordable hotels yet. So please check them out. They are beautiful hotels as well. Tons of rooms. Great prices, Eric, actually, when we go down to Orlando in August, I think we should stay there, mainly because they have two bedroom suites which are which are cheap, and I want my own bed. Oh, so
3: <laughs> you don't want to share a bed with Eric um, so anyway, endless summer is open
2: <laughs> that's okay. No, Mike just... and I are, are old hat at uh, sharing a bed, so hey, if you guys want to share a bed get all the, you, great, yeah, uh, I get the motorbike, and he gets the sidecar. <laughs> Yeah, since Micah has not been on, he gets to ride the sidecar. No, car. you get to ride the sidecar because you've been on the motorbike. No,
0: no. Look,
1: I was generous and I actually allowed Andrew to ride the motorbike. I know. It was very gracious. Very, no. very nice. Yeah.
0: So, uh, yeah, and I do appreciate that, Kirsten. Actually, Kirsten was solo and then we. <laughs> Never mind, I won't get into it. But with Kirsten, it was very kind of you. <laughs> I don't
1: I don't know where, where you're going with that. But
0: <laughs> I was gonna say we were talking on the on in the press stands and then we got separated. Right. And you then we got lost. Yeah as destiny goes, we end up meeting up again right before boarding Hagrid because you were solo and I was solo and was like, oh, hello again. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, they paired us up and it was like, oh, you're going to be riding with this fellow. And I was like, oh, I, I know him. <laughs> and this again. jerk
0: is insisting on riding the motorbike.
2: <laughs> I was
1: like, fine, fine,
2: fine. Well, I'm so glad that happened because you've been just amazing to have on the show. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, thank you.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I do want to clarify real quick. Um, Andrew said that I got to try out the big fire food. I actually did not. I was not oh. there Monday night. I didn't come in until very late Monday night. So I missed out on that food, unfortunately. So I am jealous, but I did get to see the hotel and I do recommend uh, the two bedroom suite. It looked really, really great. And yeah. as Andrew said, it's supposed to be the uh, most affordable um, residence that they have
0: on Plus, Orlando property. Plus, and this is big, early park admission for the Wizarding World by staying at a universal property. So that'll help um, uh, decrease those wait times.
1: Wait, wait. You even up. better, even better, they have breakfast pizza, which we oh. got to try out. And I <gasps> yes. thought it was the most fantastic Thing i've ever eaten Whoa. because yes. i like having pizza for breakfast sometimes but this has all of the breakfast toppings on pizza
0: it was so good i even went up to the chef and i said yo this is good stuff
1: <laughs> i did too but n- i did not use those words <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right so um we'll talk about hagrid more in the future we'll s- we'll say bye to kirsten for now kirsten thanks for coming on the show we really appreciate it we can find you at insider.com and business insider and we will include a link to your. Uh, ranking of the Harry Potter attractions. Once that's up, we'll post that on our social media channel.
1: Sounds great. Yeah, right now I have up a um, my review of the ride, and I have up uh, some Easter eggs. or probably oh, cool. like a few, a few more of them that we didn't mention on the show that I have. Yeah. On uh, on my list. We'll link to those with as photos. Well. With cool. photos. Ooh, very nice. Because Excellent. I got to run through the queue opening morning before it was open to the public to take some photos.
0: Cool. Nice stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, thanks again for having me. All right. Thank you. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.
0: So this did end up taking more time than we thought talking about Hagrid, which is great. Um, We've had a lot of fun talking about it. So we'll push these voicemails and emails to a forthcoming episode of the show. Do want to also mention that the album art is going out, right, Eric? It's It's out. It's all in the mail now. It's all in the mail. It's been coming into people's inboxes really fast people are sharing their photos on social media of the album art thank you to everybody who is sharing the photo please tweet us hit us up on instagram facebook email whenever you receive yours we want to know that you received it
2: yeah it's already arrived in places like scotland so that's great how did it get over there so quick well i did i did international first so i shipped that out maybe monday And by Friday, it had arrived. So that's still like crazy five day turnaround for international when it's just we just you know put a global stamp on it um, Mm -hmm. is really impressive. So yeah, I guess it must just be a slow news, a slow mail time uh, around the world. (laughs) Maybe
0: yeah. Um, And it's not too late to receive signed album art of your own. You have until July thirty first, Harry and J K Rowling's birthday, to pledge Mm. and receive album art. So visit patreon.com slash MuggleCast. This is a limited time benefit, so make sure you pledge as soon as possible. Yeah. Uh, before we play Quizitch, we have one more sponsor this week, the Wizarding World Figurine Collection from Eagle Moss Hero Collector. These are officially authorized by Warner Brothers Entertainment And a slew of Harry Potter and Fantastic Beasts figurines are available, from Harry and Hermione to Newt and Queenie to Fox and the Occamy. Every figurine has been sculpted in a classic movie pose at one sixteen scale. I mentioned that Fox figurine a couple weeks ago. That that one's my personal favorite. I should have brought it with me and had him fly with me and Hagrid on the motorbike. Hmm. The Wizarding World figurine collection lets you dress up your Harry Potter shelves with landscapes of your favorite characters. These will be beautiful additions to your displays. I have a guest bedroom in my condo, and I've got a collection of them on a shelf to remind people who stay with me that, uh, yes, I am obsessed with Harry Potter. <laughs> Sign up for the collection at herocollector.com wizards and get your first figurine, which is a spell-casting Harry Potter as seen at the Battle of Hogwarts for only $9.95 with free shipping. And if you do it now, Hero Collector will add Hermione Granger as a year one student for free. In addition, you'll receive a free and exclusive art print, and then thereafter two new figurines with detailed character guides and art prints will be delivered each month for only 15.95 plus 2.45 shipping each. And then as a subscriber, you are also eligible for special offers and free gifts personalized to the Hogwarts house of your choice. Plus you may cancel your subscription at any time. For full details and to take advantage of this special offer, visit Herocollector.com slash wizards.
2: Time now for Quizzage. Yes, last week's question, from whom does Lupin learn that Dumbledore has died? And uh these uh this Quizitch question can be found in the chapter we're discussing next week, uh the Phoenix Lament. The correct answer is Ginny Weasley. Ginny tells Harry and Bill or G- Ginny mentions it and Lupin's in the room. Uh, and so that's where Lupin kind of hears that Dumbledore is dead, and he he says no, and then walks over to a chair and sits down and crashes into it. Very very sad. But the correct answer was submitted by Grindy and Vol- uh, Grindy and Voldy, Justin Sharkey, Mandrake Patronus, J.K. Not Rolling, A Man Is Disappointed, Frankie T, John Phillips, Stacy Davis, Sarah Davis, Justice for B- Bill, <laughs> Justice for Bill, Count Ravioli, Bella Beth. Vitamin Water, nope, that's an ad. Allison, Marlena, and Jason King. Why did – you know, I'm searching specifically a hashtag, specifically hashtag Quizzitch, and this ad for Vitamin Water shows up right in the middle of the timeline. It's crazy. Every area of Twitter must be monetized there. I mean, it's not like Vitamin Water. The brand is playing Quizich. I wish they were. (laughs) But uh, anyway, next week's question, (laughs) also from this upcoming chapter – uh what it's actually a, a two parter here. I decided to make this a little bit more difficult, just you know, for people playing at home who like a challenge. What color is the ointment that three women put on Bill's face in the hospital wing? Hmm. And who are the three women? Oh that are putting ointment on Bill's face for his werewolf not werewolf bites. Okay.
0: So you can play that on social media and in the middle of the week in our story on Instagram. You can easily submit the answer to the question. Speaking of our Instagram, I want to mention that I posted a big story in which I take you through Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventures queue, and that story has been archived. So if you go to MuggleCast on Instagram, you can click the archive story, and I take you through the queue and some of the merchandise that is available. I didn't mention this while we were talking about the ride, but this queue, which is partly outdoors, has some gorgeous views of Hogwarts as well. Oh. So you'll want to appreciate that outside queue as well. You know, I forgot to ask, is there an on-ride photograph? You know, uh, y- yes, apparently, because when you exit, there's an on-ride photo like station, but it wasn't working. So I guess it's not up yet oh
2: so that photo of you on the bike and kirsten in the sidecar with their arms up is probably lost to time
0: Ah, <sighs> well when you put it that way yes and that's super sad because you should
2: email them they gotta have them on a server or something
0: give me the photo <laughs> well i don't even know if it was the camera was on just yet yeah. so we'll see when that gets running because i'll be curious to see where it actually takes the photo i didn't notice any particular spot where there was a camera yeah maybe the free fall i don't know <laughs> Anyway, uh, we also have a new bonus MuggleCast going up this week on Patreon, and your support helps keep the show running. You'll receive instant access to installments of bonus MuggleCast, early access to our show via weekly live stream, and MuggleCast throwbacks. And speaking of throwbacks, we're getting ready to launch a new feature on social media and here on the podcast, and patrons will be getting a first look at that new throwback feature this week. We're really excited about it. One of our listeners, Kim, has been working with us over the past few months to create this archive of all of our old predictions <laughs> oh, and God. we're going to revisit them on social media and oh, on the show. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. She's done an incredible job. We're going to have her on the show too at some point, but uh bonus Muggle cast this week is going to kind of be a prelude to the chapter by chapter discussion next week. Right,
2: Eric? Yeah. Uh, focused on Fox the Phoenix and specifically Dumbledore's connection with him. Cause this coming chapter that we'll be talking about is the chapter where Fox is lamenting Dumbledore's death and singing in the background throughout the grounds
0: awesome if you have any feedback about this week's show MuggleCast at gmail.com is how you can email us or call us one nine two zero three six eight four four five three. 368 4453 also don't forget to follow us on social media our username is MuggleCast on Twitter Facebook and Instagram and you'll stay up to date on show developments and uh, you'll receive show clips mm-hmm. and more Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. And I'm Laura. See everybody next time. Goodbye.
3: Bye.